feel like I'm losing my mind. Like it's dripping, emptying out of my head like that leaky faucet. My hands are clammy, my hair soaked with sweat. I have to admit, working here, it seems like it should be a lot easier. But after what I saw today, it made me realize something. This job isn't for the faint of heart, is it? Split Oak Lane, Episode 3, The Backlog. Split Oak was restless today. Is there ever any tranquility here? A moment's peace would be nice. It really would. I like that from the mosquitoes, too. They were chomping at the bit today. My arms and legs are all chewed to hell. I'm afraid if the rain doesn't stop, we're going to have a big problem on our hands. A bigger problem than we've already got. One of the tasks on the backlog was to fix the generator in the basement of Building 2, but there was about a quarter inch of water covering the cement floor, and I couldn't fix it without, you know, getting electrocuted. I'll get back to it at some point. I hope the tenants are alright without it. When I left, I took a walk over the footbridge to check the creek, and the son of a bitch was overflowing. Pods of grass and leaves floating by me into the parking lot, creating little tiny islands off the coast of the sidewalk. Today, the place... It just seems soggy and rotting, unfit for people to actually call home. How could you have left everything to be fixed by someone who doesn't even know how? I mean, I'll figure it out. I usually do, but I just can't believe the state of this place. It's a mess. The first thing on my list was follow up with Francine. With all the rain, the situation under their sink had gotten worse. The moisture turned the black mold splotches into an indigo colored moss, and she hoped I could scrape it off. I wanted to fix it, but I couldn't. I'm telling you, this shit was stuck to the wood. Impenetrable and purple. I'd never seen anything like it, and Francine didn't seem to care. In light of Jesse and everything, she didn't think it mattered anymore. Francine didn't want me to fix it. She just wanted to get outside. Apparently gardening is her new hobby she picked up over the past week. I guess she wanted to learn to take care of something for a change. Next up on my list... Damian Miller. He put in a work order for a smoke detector a couple of weeks ago, but in the midst of the supers changing, the last one leaving and me coming in, there'd been a delay and it was about time someone got to it. Damian told me the smoke detector had been screeching in the middle of the night, waking him up at all hours. Now, you might think, like, why didn't the guy just take the damn batteries out if he couldn't get any sleep? Well, that's the thing. He removed the batteries before he put the work order in. Inside Damien's apartment, there was a heavy, almost starchy smell hanging in the air. And it was hot and humid, his plants growing all over the furniture and the walls. He led me to the smoke detector down the long carpeted hall. It was right outside the bathroom, maybe 50 feet from the kitchen. There was no sign of life inside of it. No beeping or blinking, no static or buzzing. Just quiet. Doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it, Mr. Miller, I said, crossing my arms feeling the juicy map of bug bites all over him. He told me I ought to get in the ceiling and take a look at it from a different angle. <laughs> I almost laughed. I'll be honest. I wasn't getting in the damn ceiling. 
I told Damien he'd have to deal with it for a little while longer, and I checked him off my list. Some things you just can't fix in an afternoon. I was on my way to my next appointment. Mr. Kilgore. Meeting Bigfoot in the middle of Black Friday, shopping with a beehive on your head wouldn't prepare you for Mr. Kilgore. I'd heard about him. Doesn't come out of his apartment much, but when he does, it's for a stroll around the complex. He likes to stare at the buildings and the trees, like he's seeing them for the first time. Or like he's seeing for the first time. His request didn't have a clear explanation for what it was, though I figured it out. It said, a fine feathered soul needs its freedom. Did he get that from a fortune cookie? Couldn't he just say a bird had gotten into his place? Everyone's a poet, even for the handyman. I got there, and before I could even knock on the door, it swung open, pulling me in a little with it. There he was, a thin cactus of a man in a turquoise robe with matching pajamas and fuzzy brown slippers, balding with a ring of gray hair flopped around his head. Wild salt and pepper eyebrows, too. A renegade from the 80s sitcom. He smiled, big. Cheese and crackers, Mr. Moody, it's good to meet you. Two bedraggled souls brought together, and all because of a sentry of the sky swooping about these musty walls. Ha! Huh? I walked in. First, he offered me this, uh, green-gray tea he brews himself, though he didn't tell me what was in it. So after I turned down the mystery swill, I asked where the bird was. He cocked an eyebrow as he glanced over to the sliding door that led to his porch. Then he stalked his way over and waved me on. All around were piles of old books and atlases. One even had a cup and a saucer on top. Another held his TV remote, and on top of another was a raggedy orange tabby staring right through me. Then Kilgore stuck his fist in the air, soldier-like. This guy was really playing the part. I kinda liked it. Today was a fucking slog and I needed a good show. He pointed to the upper right corner of his drape and out of the curtain rod hopped a tiny gold finch. Kilgore launched into something like he'd been preparing it. She's a wondrous little thing, isn't she? So full of verve. You never truly appreciate our feathered friends until they're bound up in a space that wasn't meant for them. I'll miss her when she's gone, but it is time for her to go. I wasn't sure how to lob that one back. He was a funny little guy. Uh, erudite, Benny might say. Probably well-read and used to putting things in the ways that stick with people or make them go, huh? I brought a burlap sack with me, so I opened it, tiptoed with those Frankenstein feet of mine, and then Kilgore put his hand on my arm. He whispered, Dear boy, that creature may be common, but it is no less majestic. Are you sure you want to dim its day with the trauma of a sack? I told the old man it was the best I could do. Ah, uh, if you must, dear boy, you must. I'll yield to brute efficiency for now, but treat her right. I crept closer, opening the bag wider, then came Kilgore again. Gently, don't lunge, reach. I reached up slowly. Then the finch hopped and startled me, which startled the tabby, which startled Kilgore. The cat yowled and flew off the stack of books, which crashed to the floor, and Kilgore yelled, Bendix, you naughty thing. The finch then took off from the curtain rod and straightened to the sack. I tied it up as quick as I could. She was mine, but then... Then came Kilgore, flailing after the cat, and she clawed up the drapes, and I... It wasn't my fault. 
between the geezer and the cat and the bird. I got all mixed up and I fell right on top of the sack. The room got silent. Even the fucking cat took a pause. I got up and I opened the bag. Inside was the goldfinch, still and silent. Red and yellow feathers, stone cold. I glanced at Kilgore, who looked like he was at a wake. He walked over and he put his hand on my shoulder and started to apologize. Which was bullshit, really. This whole afternoon was. I pushed my hand away and he told me, Stop for a moment to acknowledge the light that has just gone out, meek though it may be. The bird would have been fine if you and your cat had been breathing down my neck. Your animal, by the way, that I hope you have a pet way before because it's making the whole place smell like piss. There's no need for anger. That only made my blood boil more. I run this place, and no tenant old or wise or otherwise was going to tell me what to do. Especially since I had a formerly living thing to dispose of now. I stormed out of the open front door, but I could hear the shuffle of slippers on the carpet behind me. Don't go. I think she had reasons for bringing us together today, so we should pay proper respect. It's a bird. It was an accident. And I'm done. I snapped. My boots were now clomping on the concrete outside, drowning out the performance behind me. Haste, Mr. Moody. That's the rub. The haste. It draws the curtain over the eyes. I kept going toward the forested part of the complex, and I didn't look back. I didn't care what his hallmark philosophy had to say. It was supposed to be simple, and it got stupid real quick. I came to a little clearing near the brook, and I knelt down and began to dig. I made a hole about a foot deep, and I put the fence down inside of it. And then, its leg twitched. I froze. And I waited. Nothing. I looked for a while, and I nudged it. Nothing. It's just... I covered it up. I couldn't stand to look at it anymore. I took some of the dirt and pushed it over its little body and... I hurried. I, I dug up the grave and I grabbed the goldfinch and I brushed off the dirt and I held it. I held it right there in my hands. A few seconds passed. A minute, maybe, or several. I felt eyes on me and I, when I looked up, I saw the crawlers watching me from the trees. Their colors as bright as the goldfinch. My anger, it, my anger rose, anger over Kilgore, and anger that I was mourning a dead bird, and that my senses were messing with me again. Had I imagined the chirp, the kicks of life? I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell. I put the bird back in its final resting place, and I covered her up again. Then put a small blue pebble on the grave, like Benny when he buried Edgar, his pet lizard. Seemed like the right thing. And then I sat. This place. It was supposed to just be a job. Something to make ends meet until I could make ends meet somewhere else. But I have this feeling I don't want to belong here. But it feels like I've never been anywhere else. I looked down at the log and checked off Kilgore's name. I scanned the rest of the list. And it was going to be a long week. And I feel like a lot has been hidden from me like that magic drawer in the rent box. I had been carrying that around all day too. 
That image of a shadowy mustache doing his trick, just feet for my office. Secrets aren't good for anyone, but I think that's all that's here. So on I went to Mr. Russo's place. A stopped up sink. That I can handle.